We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure you head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting on March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, betonline.ag, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 410. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. You just heard them. Go to betonline.ag for a 50% sign up bonus using code BLUEWIRE. And we're also brought to you by Untuck It. Use code BLUEWIRE at untuckit.com for 20% off your first order. Scott, I'm kicking this episode off with a question to you immediately Are the Yankees cursed? It's damn close, man. I, something's going on here. There's, they need to. They need to sacrifice a goat or, you know, bring bring in something and 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 uh, and destroy it so that we can get rid of this. I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening with these doctors and why they're not identifying things uh, because it's getting ridiculous. The fact that, uh, you know, we're seeing three major four, four sorry, four, four players that go back to last year. 
that that date back to 2019 injuries are now out for and these are not these are not injuries some, some periods of time in 2020 you know Hicks is out for at least half the season maybe judges oh, you're counting you're counting Hicks season. on this Who we already knows? knew that okay so three new injuries that's the four that's the four yeah, players I got you three new injuries though that have surfaced since uh Paxton's the end of last back. year yep Severino his Tommy John and just they didn't deal with it in the in October when he was apparently feeling discomfort and now judge who yep. <laughs> on a dive in September heard a crack and a pop. And here we are in March and they're like, Oh yeah, I guess you did a uh, fracture a rib. It's just frigging ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, man. Like the fact that they're, I know they give MRIs constantly, lots of MRIs, a whole bunch of MRIs, you know, let's break out some other things. Let's uh, let's, let's, let's take some different pictures and see what happens. It's wild. It's really, it's really Wait, crazy. Said, like with an iPhone or something? Yeah, yeah, an iPhone. I'm sure there's an app that can zoom through, uh, you know, give a little x-ray vision. I, I don't know, maybe an x-ray that, that looks at bones specifically. You know, mm. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so do- this is do- now, doctor things, this medical is things. Four weeks in a row, we're just focused on new injuries, injuries that are affecting the 2020 squad where we're already not off to... The roster we thought we were going to go into. We're not even close to the roster we thought we were going into. No. It's not. No, it's just, it's it's just not one thing after the close. other. Miguel Andujar is very possibly a starting outfielder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Just a um, few housekeeping items. We are knocking at the door of spring training. Damn, did that come up fast. And opening day is going to be here before you know it. Um, March 14th weekend, which is this coming weekend, we're in Tampa. And we have two sponsors for the weekend we're very excited about. We've mentioned Sailor Jerry, their Savage Apple Rum. We're going to be doing some things for, for them, and they are hosting an after party for us on Saturday, March 14th from 4 to 7 p.m. at Yard of Ale in Soho in Tampa. Uh, we've uh, Go to our social channels. You can find out information about that. There's image with the address and all that kind of stuff. Even if you don't have a ticket to the event on Saturday, you can come show up. We're going to have a batting cage in the parking lot, smashing apples. There's going to be drink specials. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And we are also going to be uh, sponsored that weekend by Blue Point Pinstripe Pilsner, which is one of my favorite beers to drink at a baseball game. Very excited about that connection. We've been, we've been working with them, talking to them for a while now. So I'm excited that we have something uh, firm for spring training. More information on both of those sponsorships uh, to come in the next week or two weeks. And Blue Point was was the one that actually had a uh, they sponsored one of our pregame parties at Billy's before one of our last yeah. events too. So uh, I know the everybody who's listening has has definitely been introduced to them. The cans that they sell at the stadium are now for sale outside the stadium in the tri-state area and down into Philly and I believe down in the Tampa area. I know that they're at. Uh, at, at the Big Stein down in Tampa, I'm not sure if they're sold outside there, but you could definitely get those uh, those cans. The Big down there. Stein is that is that the, is that a nickname for Steinbrenner Field? Yeah, I feel like that's I've called it that a few times. I like it. It's the, the Big Stein. Feels yeah. feels good. Feels right. You you see our guy Ken tagging us in a pinstripe pilsner. Yeah, oh yeah. Picture last night. He's he's already getting into the spirit. He's got some he's got some cans sitting at home. I know that. <laughs> Uh, our events are all up on the website, but I'm just going to tell you about May 9th. That is against the Red Sox. It's our first regular season big event at Yankee Stadium. It's a 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon game. No excuse not to come. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Even though the Red Sox are a dumpster fire, the Yankees, um, injury-wise, are not much better. But they're going to be a better team than the Red Sox this year. Hopefully. Knock on wood. <laughs> all right. So the Yankees and their just entire handling of injuries – is getting out of hand. It's out of control. You mentioned 
the stuff they didn't catch all winter. But just their communication about the injuries is extremely frustrating because up until the news on Friday that Judge has a fractured rib, it was, oh, it's, it's his pec muscle. No, it's his shoulder. Judge is saying one thing. Cashman is saying a different thing. Boone's saying it's not that serious. Cashman's saying he's gone through seven to ten tests and things are inconclusive. It's just, it just, it just to me, seems there's different narratives coming from different prominent members of the organization <laughs> about one of their most important players and if he's injured or if he's not injured. And it's extremely frustrating, and I don't get why it has to be this way. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's pretty clear that they didn't know what the hell was wrong with him. That's number one. Be- That's a big problem. Because when you have... Uh, we, we were talking about the injury, and I was doing some, some, some wet, dry, humping swings in the, not in the water. No I was one just swinging. I'm just, I'm just swinging, and you could tell that, the, the, you know, that when, you're, when you just put your arm back, even when you throw, you could feel a stretch in your pectoral muscle, right? And I don't know if, any, if you've ever had a strained uh, pectoral muscle from lifting or whatever. Like a lot of the injuries, like small injuries that you, you get in, the, in that area, can feel very similar, right? Like, so if you have a cracked rib or it, you have a strain in there, a lot of times that can feel similar. Like it just, you have chest pain, it hurts, or there's an uncomfortable thing. My thing is we, we understand that, like people understand that on a, on a, just a layman's term basis, like on a daily basis, if you do something, you kind of understand what's going on in there, like that, that it could be something else. Why, why is it that the medical staff of the New York freaking Yankees can't go in there and not just take the the guy's word for it or like, hey, point and touch and whatever. I was reading an NJ.com article about this where they they really were harping on the whole crack and pop thing, the pop and a crack. They, they must have mentioned it 15 times in the article. And and you're thinking about that. That's that's a, a pop and a crack, right? One, one says, oh, maybe there's something broken. And the other one says, oh, maybe something is strained or pulled or whatever. It sounds like two things happened. If you hear – if the person tells you that there was a crack and a pop – I'm like, okay, I'm going to do all sorts of different testing to find out what's going on. If the New York Yankees can't look into the the medical devices that they have and find out what is actually happening when the player says, yep, I felt a crack and a pop, and you don't look for a crack in anything? Like, what are we doing here? It's just like they're, they're, they're putting too much onus on those guys telling them that they're okay or that it doesn't hurt as much or whatever it is. Stop believing anything that they're saying. But in this case, they didn't listen to Judge because I read that injury article too. So the apparent injury stems from a dive Judge made on September 18th yep. of last year yep. against the Angels. He dove headfirst on a bloops on a bloop by Albert. Yeah, Pujols. I remember the play now. That, now, now that I, I heard it, I, I did too. And and uh, we got news after the game. Like Judge felt a little sore from it, but he didn't really miss any much time. I he may have sat. A game or two but he was back for September played in the playoffs was okay in the playoffs not great but what I was reading um, also on sports uh, sports MD and they talked about what a fractured rib means sports M- for an sports MD sports MD.com yeah I think I own that <laughs> I think, are you the author I think I put something up there yeah yeah so they said a non-surgical treatment requires four to six weeks of no throwing, no weightlifting, just rest. Yep. And if that is the case, and it really did happen on September 18th, well, obviously Judge didn't do that because he started playing again. Mm-hmm. 
And then he didn't even rest in the winter. He was doing baseball activities. He was weightlifting. He was in the gym. He was training because the Yankees medical staff did tests on him and said, you're fine. So judge, he said he felt fine. He thought it was healed. Those were his, his words talking about this. So it could have healed by him just shutting it down for November and December and then coming back in January and doing things normally again. Instead, he didn't do that. He was working out all offseason, and then he was taking batting practice leading up to spring training because do you remember when he was shut down, he said, well, I've been taking swings for Yeah, for a while now. he's been working out. And, and now it's sore. It's because it never healed. It never healed properly and probably came back, yeah. So maybe it healed 90%. Or 95%. And they got re-aggravated. Re-aggravated. So it was just a matter of time until it got re-aggravated. And, and the frustrating thing is, like we said, this is now the really the third instance of an injury happening last September or October. And the Yankees staff not doing the proper thing. I understand everybody's different. I got shit on Twitter for complaining about Paxton's injury and how the Yankees waited so long to do the, the back surgery. And everyone, everyone who's ever had back surgery coming out of the woodwork telling me this isn't how it works. This is what do- my doctor prescribed me. I get it. But now this is a pattern with the Yankees medical staff, right? We have a pattern of them messing this stuff up. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, there, there's there's... You can't deny it. You cannot deny it. There's no more giving the benefit of the doubt for a lot of these guys because they've either misdiagnosed or just missed. I mean, it goes back to even when Severino had the, uh, you know, his injury and started last a, March and started a throwing program. Well, I mean, after that, though, when he was coming back, started a throwing program. And oh, and they didn't do an MRI. And they didn't yeah. do an MRI before the throwing <laughs> program. And he's like, oh. although the MRI wouldn't have caught anything, though, because their MRIs never catch anything. Yeah, I mean, it's probably true. Maybe that maybe that was it. They're like, you know, what's the difference? Let's just try it anyway. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's like they've they've led their guys into into waters that are just murky and and very unclear uh, about what's happening with their own bodies and and is the recovery completed or do I need to stay off of whatever we're doing for a little bit longer? You know, if he comes back into the tra- and into the Tampa facilities at that point, like I understand you're not going to be able to have a, a a watchful eye on him at all times when he's in the offseason in California doing his thing and whatnot. You can have a communication. There can definitely be a communication line. But when you get back, how about we just do that, that you know, the CSI like that they were doing on Tanaka for for the uh, the little UCL tear. We, we heard about uh, CSI Bronx. How about we just do that on every guy when they come into the facility? I don't care if we knew of an injury or thought there was an injury. Let's just check them up and down, head to toe, MRIs, X-rays. Let's let's inject them with some dye. Let's let's do whatever no, we got to do. That's inflammatory. You can't do well, that. Well, you know, let's figure it out. Maybe they come in a week early. Let's just figure this stuff out. Maybe we get a couple other doctors in there to take a look at the pictures. Who knows? Go crazy. I mean, <clears throat> they got to have a failsafe. They got to start covering their asses a little bit and actually seeing some other. I don't know another another opinion. I don't know what it is because it's getting absolutely ridiculous. And this is a franchise guy. They put a freaking section of this guy in right field, and nothing's gone great since then. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. But you know, how about we treat it with kid gloves a little bit? Yeah, injuries. Getting upset over guys getting injured is a little foolish, because. I mean, in Judge's case, some of his injuries have been a freak accident. He got hit by a pitch in 2018 and fractured his wrist. That's not Judge's fault. That's just, that shit happens, right? 
Him diving for a ball. I remember that play and being like, oh, why, why did you even have to dive for that ball? But then he was diving for balls in the out, in, in the playoffs, too. But that's the thing. With him, no, no, no. the so, type of dive, like, those types of dive will take a toll on him. No, but I see, but, okay, you, you got to catch 22 then because that's the type of player Judge is. I understand that. He's going to make the diving catch in right field because he's an elite defensive right fielder. And that's what makes Judge great. That's what I love about Aaron Judge. He's not a one-trick pony. He's an all-around great player. But at some point, he's going to, and, and that point is now, he's going to have to start making some some decisions where he's his body's going to have to take uh, the first the first priority as far as not making unnecessary diets. Impo- I, it, that's so difficult. I get it. To it's do. it's hard to do. Like, but you have a mentality. He's running into walls. He's trying to. That's how he hurt his shoulder in uh, started his shoulder injury in 2017. Running into the right field wall. That Pujols. Everyone single, everyone's talking about the home run derby, but it was. Maybe the home run derby didn't help it. Definitely didn't help it. Wasn't it wasn't the injury. But it started. Yeah. It started because he slammed into the wall. Because he's going to do that type of play. Right. And the way that his body is built, he's going to be more prone to those injuries. And when they and when they happen and when they occur, like this one, they're going to take longer to heal. Bigger body guys, it just happens that way. It's 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 a it's sometimes a longer. I remember people yelling at me about this. Well, it doesn't matter if he's six two or six whatever. It does actually. It, it's just there's there's more weight. There's more there's more impact. There's more um, you know friction. There's just a lot more f- stuff that happens with the, with a type of guy like this when he when he there's just a lot more behind it. This one, look, he's gonna have to start playing a little bit smarter. In the way that he does in the outfield, I'm sorry, but th- th- it's a reality of the situation. You see players, you see like the guys like Mike Trout, right? They don't want him being hurt, so he steals less bases. You just—it's part of the thing to keep you on the field at yeah, some load point. Load management, right? Not even load, load, management. load management is just sitting, just being. This is whiny NBA yeah. phrase. You just, you just like got to whole... be smarter about the the, the cal- more calculated in the risks that you take for going after balls like that. Yeah, but it's also like we talked about with Gary Sanchez and Hustlegate. Do you want Gary Sanchez busting it out of the box for a ground ball to shortstop that you know he's not going to beat out if he's going to maybe pull a quad muscle? Okay, pulling a quad muscle and then impact for diving are two very different things. I know. I don't want less effort. I want max effort. But, you know, if you're going to have to fully dive and lay out for a ball in uh, the fifth inning in a game in June or an Albert Pujols single that's in front of you, maybe we don't do that. I'm going to try and finish my my thought that I started. So d- some guys can go out there and dive for every ball and run into every wall, and they're not going to get really injured. They're going to be able to stay out there and play a full season because their bodies can handle it. Other guys, Judge maybe one of those guys, are going to get injured. And everyone's body's different. Every player's different. I get that. So getting mad about a specific player getting injured is a little bit foolish as a fan. But what I think is justified to get upset over, especially after all the stuff this we've gone through over the last two years with this medical staff, is their inability seemingly to handle it in the correct manner, in an efficient manner. I think that is a really fair criticism of, course of it the is. medical staff. Of course it is. At this point. One of them you can say, okay, well, they just missed this. Two of them you're like, oh, that's annoying. But they, It's like every freaking injury is like this. And it's always these wishy-washy sort of comments by Boone and Cashman. Oh, Boone's all over here saying, I don't think it's that serious. I, I'm not ruling out Aaron Judge for opening day. I'm not ruling out Giancarlo Sam for opening day. Neither are going to be ready for opening day. Judge is shut down for two weeks. Okay. he 
His his rib didn't really heal the entire offseason. What the hell is two weeks of rest going to do? That's what I'm saying. He's not going to be okay to come back in two weeks. So what are they even telling us two weeks for? What is that bullshit they're talking about? Well, what they're talking about is that there's going to be a reassessment in two weeks so that they're going to look at and take more pictures. Reassess if he can continue. No, they're going to. what they're doing is they're going to look to take pictures to see if the healing if it is actually occurring. So... From what they what they are saying, there, there's a, a number of things that they're saying. And and by the way, you're talking about mixed messages coming out of the camp. Well, probably because there's some mixed information coming out of the medical staff camp as well, and, and that they do there's unclear, uh, you know, an unclear result for what's going to happen. So what I understand was happening after reading everything and hearing people talk is that they this is an injury that can that can heal on its own. So far, it has gotten to a point where they think it has started to heal. And from what Aaron Judge is saying, it's feeling better. It's starting to heal. So I think what they want to see now is they want to see in this two-week span, they have pictures of it on day one, and they want to see what pictures look like on day 14 or whatever that day is. And and if we could see some progression in the healing of said injury in that time, then they can make a more, again, this is me totally speculating just because it's trying to use common sense and what what, what would make sense. At that point, they will say, okay, it is starting to heal and we probably need X time for it to come back. Do I think he's going to be ready to resume baseball activities in two weeks? No, I do not. I think that they're going to be able to have a more clear uh, understanding of what's happening with this injury now that they believe that it is starting to heal again. So either it changes or it doesn't change. And if it doesn't change, guess what that means? Surgery. If it doesn't change enough for them to be comfortable with it, guess what that means? Surgery. I don't even know what that surgery looks like. Is it some kind of fusion? I have no you idea. Re- no, I think they removed the rib. They removed the rib? I think so. Okay, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I have no idea. The uh, I didn't read what, the, what that was. That sounds that sounds that sounds outrageous. But um, maybe it's true. Who knows? The um, but yeah, it's. I think what they have to do is find out where they are in this injury now that they feel like they have a you know a grasp on it. But my question is, if they knew it was healing before, why not take some periodic pictures in the off season and actually find out what it was doing in the off season? Because all of this could have been done. In November, December, January. Absolutely. I don't care where Judge is. He could go somewhere that's, you know, relatively trusted. He could go to a facility at a college. He could go somewhere where they have, you know, people that they know and trust to take an x-ray. Pretty sure most people could take x-rays just to find out what's going on. That, to me, is where this whole thing was completely mismanaged. Because if you think it is healing, how about we not just guess about that? How about we not just listen to the player? How about we find out by actually looking at real pictures and seeing what is happening with that rib? I mean, to me, that sounds like a very good thing to do when you're talking about your franchise player, especially after all the amount of injuries that we've had in 2019. God forbid we take a little bit more of a path down the uh, you know down the road of, of being careful with our guys. I uh, when right after Cashman's comments about seven, he's gone through seven to ten tests and there's been no conclusive results on what's wrong. I was in my mind thinking, okay, what's going on here? Is the medical team inept, or is Judge being a pussy? I actually was <laughs> questioning that. Because if the medical team has done seven to ten tests and not figured out the real issue, obviously we know now what the issue was. But at that point, there was no issue with Judge that they knew of. And he's just like, oh, no, I'm a little sore. Then it's like, okay, well, are you really sore? Or is this just something you need to like fight through and get out on the field? And I'm sorry I even questioned Judge. And even in my mind, for a second thought, he might be a pussy. Because the medical team is inept. I'm comfortable saying the medical team is inept. Yeah, I just, you know, it's... 
there's a lot of gaps in the way that they've covered these injuries and the way that they've, at least that we know of. And it just seems like simple stuff. It just seems like simple stuff. Like just, just be a little bit overcautious and take more pictures on a more frequent basis to find out what's going on. I, I don't think that's a lot to ask for. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, maybe they're not reading them correctly, but that, that, that to me is just like, it, it's, it's unfathomable. Like I can't, I can't get my mind around the fact that these guys don't know how to read these things. So I don't even think it's that. I think there's potentially too many, you know, too many considerations that they're just like either relying on the player to tell them if they feel good or or don't feel or not feel good. It's they're, they're just going too they're too reliant on other things rather than actual facts. Uh, And to me, an x-ray, you know, coupled with an MRI, now you're dealing with facts. You're looking at actual pictures and let's time, let's timestamp these. Let's, let's look at them at one, uh, one day and then look at them in 14 days later. And why not do that in the off season? doesn't take that much effort. So, and then to the other outfielder who's not going to be ready for opening day is Stanton. Who Both big body guys that. Yeah. I mean, Stanton's injuries are taking longer to heal. I'm, I'm afraid that we're going down this path with judge though, man. It's like you start getting these little injuries, knickknack in here, and then they're just going to linger. I'm, I'm, but, but Stanton's injuries are always muscle, calf muscle, bicep muscle. It's a quad muscle. Yeah. He, last October, it was the quad muscle. All last season, it was the bicep muscle and the calf muscle. Now it's his other calf muscle. I mean, the dude is pulling calf muscles, shagging fly balls, but all winter he can bench press supermodels and pull. I mean, you don't bench press with your calves. Pull, pull, pull cars up hills with his teeth, but like he can't shag fly balls. Like it's unbelievable. And now we got him running on the moon again on the anti gravity machine. So great. He can, if, can judge, I mean, can, can Stanton wear like moon boots? Maybe he won't get injured if he's out there in moon boots. Maybe, maybe Elon Musk can, uh, you know, put, talk MLB into having a game on the moon and we'll be good. We go, so we go to London and Puerto Rico. Let's go to space. The Yankees traded for John Carlos Stanton in 10 years of his contract. That's like, let's just, let's just call it a 10 year free agent signing. Cause again, Fine. that's essentially what it was. Just call it a signing 10 years. These are supposed to be the good years. <laughs> you're right. They no, you're are. Right, you're right. You're when you sign someone for 10 years, we just signed Garrett Cole for nine years. And what did we say? Let's get Cy Young caliber seasons in the first four to five years of that, because those are going to be the good years and you deal with whatever comes in the last years. That's what we did with um, Mark to That's what we did with CC Sabathia. Everyone you sign for a mega long-term contract, you need to get all of your money's worth in the first half of the deal because players break down. And here we are in going into year three of Giancarlo Stanton. And the first year he did play through injuries. And I get, we, you have to give him credit for that. Second year, he wasn't on the field at all. And now he's already not on the field to start year three. So these are the good years of, of Giancarlo Stanton. This is, this is the good year. Well, I mean, me. if you look at the good years, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, the guy was fun, unbelievable before he got here. So it's hard to build on those good years that were MVP years. And then you're looking at um, the longevity. He had of it. one MVP That's year. Fine. He, no, 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 listen. He was always injured. He was always though. injured. Yeah. Other than That's 2017. Yes. Always injured. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's a problem. I, you know, I don't know. How, I don't know what to say about it besides the fact that we need to see these guys on the field or, or the, obviously everything is, it just makes me not want to go to, to these long-term contracts anymore. I, I, I've been on camp of not, not having long-term contracts in the past. When you look at certain guys, like let's but other guys who aren't on long-term contracts can't get on the field. I mean, but, it, but it's it, everyone, but what it does, is, everyone on the Yankees. I understand that, but what field. it does is it just, you know, it, it cuts down the, the time that you're guaranteed for these guys to be there on, you know, you can move on. It seems like these four to six year deals are the, are the, are the, the nice little pocket um, 
to not have to deal with so many bad years. Can we just, I mean, at this point, why have we not re-signed LeMahieu to an extension? I mean, seriously. (laughs) Um, So so this all leads to, there's two, there's because everything is black and white in today's social media society. X-rays are black and white. You're either absolutely freaking out. And as Ted Hubbard at T underscore Hubbard 28 asks, when can I officially start losing my shit? So you've got that camp of people freaking out. Season's over. Fire everyone. And then you have the people who are like, this does not matter. It's only March. Like JJ wrote a blog saying it doesn't matter. Wake me up in October. Yeah. I mean, basically, um, basically so what JJ have, is looking for is like the definitive answer. Like I'll freak out when definitively that happens. But so my question is. Why does why would anyone have confidence out there that the Yankees can be healthy at any point, fully healthy? Why do we think, oh yeah, let's just get them healthy for October? Who says they're going to be healthy in October? There's just going to be more injuries. New guys might be injured. Guys might be re-injured. Like there's no guarantee. You're saying that there's no guarantee to say like let's rest the guys so that they're ready for later yeah. injury because when they come back, we could find out that they had a cracked rib the entire time. Yeah, like who says the medical team's going to get them back on track? Who who? Who in their right mind would be confident this team is going to be healthy going into October? I'm not confident. Uh, someone was tweeting me saying that, you know, and this is like, this is one of those doomsday things, but it's over a long period of time. Like in, in 10 years, what's the narrative going to be about this, this core of Yankees? Is it going to be about what could have been? And, and you know, because these injuries took a toll and, and steered them at different points in a different direction. And then also we're talking about, you know, the, the considerations of what the Astros did. Like, is this, is that what's going to be the narrative? And I pray to God not because there's right. so much talent on this team. Uh, it would be a goddamn shame if they didn't come out, especially now adding a guy like Garrett Cole. But you see, as soon as one thing comes on, it's like another thing goes like Severino goes down. Now, now you don't have your compliment that you thought you were going to have um, as a, you know, ace number two, one a type guy. So yeah, it's it's, it's a fair so, question at this point. I think it's still too early, and I and even early in spring, where it's not even early in spring, we're getting towards no, opening it's day. Spring training, damn near spring, opening day. Yeah. But we're in the middle of spring training. It's yeah, no, these are fair questions. I mean, I don't know what to say. I got no answers for it. I wish the Yankees had answers for it. Yeah, I'm not saying the season's over. I'm not an idiot. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not. Even though I'm negative, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you that the Yankee, the 2020 Yankees are doomed. But what I'm telling you is I, I don't have confidence they're going to be healthy going into October. And last year they won 103 games with the depth in their organization, and that's fantastic. But I don't know if that can happen again. So here's the thing. They, they got a lot of overachievements out of guys. Who says you're going to get that again? Here's the thing about what well, we – this goes back to our discussion last week about Andujar. And and a lot of the stuff you're basing this whole this whole – it's not an argument, just the way you feel it. You base it off of confidence. What the hell is confidence at the end of the day as a fan? Like, for real, what is it? It's nothing. It's air. It's nothing. It's fake. Uh, feel. It's a feeling that you have of fakeness. No, that- no, no. But confidence in a player to do what you think he can do. And in this sense, we're talking about, do you have confidence in Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge getting on the field for September and October? I don't, but, but it doesn't because they haven't been able to. There's a history of them not getting. But that's on the, the field. thing. Like the confidence from a fan's point of view means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. We just have to look to see what happens on the field. The confidence factor. Yeah, use history to tell you what you use historical data uh-huh. to give you some sort of predictive measure of the future. Oh. And injury historical data tells us those guys are going to be injured. What if we have October. a guy that hasn't been injured yet? 
What do you mean? This has no 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 real history of injury or no yeah, no history say, no history of a particular injury. If you have a if you have a guy who's in year seven of his career and he has pretty much always played a full season, then you can pretty much say, I think he's gonna keep doing it. What that. about a guy that's in year two? I mean, you got to look at well, what are you getting at? Here? I'm getting at the fact that at. Clint Frazier has put on paper that he cannot play the outfield. And I see a history of him not being able to play the outfield and Andujar doesn't. So I'm wondering where the confidence lies in, in, in any of this stuff. Okay. This conversation last week was more, but my, it's not like I'm telling you that Clint Frazier is going to go <laughs> out there and win, win like defensive player of the year in the outfield. But what I'm telling you is I think he can be a better outfielder than Miguel Andujar can be. Here's my point. Confidence means absolutely nothing on the field. Nothing for us. It means everything for the players. It means nothing for us. It's just a bunch okay, of bullshit. I don't like where you, this is. The, you're talking. We have. We're having a conversation. People are listening to this in their cars and, and, and on their commutes. And we're having. A, they have. Everybody has confidence. So this is what we're talking. about. I understand. I know but that what, my confidence in player X means jack shit to them. I what I but what I want between like, you and me. We're talking as a fan. As a fan, the fact that the confidence factor comes into play for these injuries, which are so crazy. Crazy. And it has to do with not only the player, but it has to do with the medical staff. It has to do with all these things. Like, you can't even point to one thing of what's wrong. That's what's so wild about it. That's why I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't have confidence in it. I don't have lack of confidence. I don't even know what the hell it is because I got no feelings on it. I don't. I don't know who's going to screw you're, up. Someone's going to screw up somewhere. And I don't even know where inside. it is. I don't know what I'm feeling. You've gone numb. Yeah, so it's it's one of those, like, that's what, it's kind of my point. Like, I, I don't even know what that is. Like, to talk about the confidence of someone staying healthy, like, what what is that? I don't know what that is. It's it's just, we've we've been put in a, in a position where we were beaten down last year. We had guys step up, and that was cool. Like, the fact that the guys were injured wasn't cool, but we had guys step up and show what they were made of. And that was awesome, right? That added some excitement to the year. Do we want to do that every year? Hell no. We go in with a plan for a reason. To me, the confidence comes from a plan and, and a plan actually like moving forward. When there's injuries, your plans are gone. And, you know, maybe the backup plan is to have this deep team of players that are going to overachieve. But damn, I guess where my confidence has to lie in the new scouting in the fact that they're choosing these players to to do well when other guys step up or when other guys fall off, like, I I don't know. I don't know where to to where to to go with my my confidence factor on what to think because last year, shit hit the fan and they still won 100 games. Yeah, shit hit the fan and they won 103 games. But what I'm telling you is that was an overachievement. Maybe or maybe it was just good scouting. Maybe they 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 pulled the right levers. You know, I mean, for real, like that's a real thing. Do you have more confidence in our scouts and our development team <laughs> when you uh, consider them or the medical staff, them or the actual starting players? Like, where's the confidence lie here? To me, it's like the, the their starting players. The and biggest thing has been player development. So, like in the last two years, player development has won. Like marks above everybody in the Yankees organization. Yeah, and they picked up guys like Gio Urshela and Luke Voigt, who turned into be quality players yeah. from other organizations who. Those are not developed. Those those players were not developed through the Yankee system. No, but they had. An they were eye identified. For it. They were identified yeah. in other systems as saying, "Okay, I like what that guy can do." Scouting and, and development. We 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 think he can do it for us that he wasn't doing for the Indians in Urshela's case, the uh, Cardinals for Voit's case. The nerds, the scouts, and the player development guys, the ones, the you know, nerd number two, the cool nerds, they're all working together in tandem. It seems like and doing okay. a good job. But. <laughs> But when you're saying 
you're saying who's done a better job, the nerds or the medical staff. I mean, it's no question. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying scouting, player development, and nerds in tandem doing an excellent job. We need some nerds on the medical staff. <laughs> we need more nerds on the medical staff so we could <clears throat> so we could see what these what's going on. They, we need analytics on the doctors. I think it's important to also distinguish. I had this conversation with someone yesterday on Twitter. They said, well, blame the old medical team that was fired. No, no. The medical team is not was not overhauled. It's the majority the training, the training team, staff, yeah. The, but that's different. Oh, yeah, extremely different. The Cressy, Cressy performance and all that he stuff. He no doctor. Yankees, it's, it's training, so hopefully we don't have all these injuries in the future. They work together. But They're supposed to work together. Of course they work together. But the medical staff, the doctors the Yankees the employ, the doctors the Yankees uh, send their players to, it's the same. <laughs> and they're missing these things. And their treatments have not been effective and not been the right diagnosis uh, prescribed treatments in many cases. Rest for this guy. Well, it turns out he needed surgery, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. But wait, there's more. Gary Sanchez is going to sit out with a sore back because he caught back-to-back games for the first time. And I'm so scarred, I'm so jarred, that in my mind immediately I'm like, okay, in four days from now, Boone's going to be like, you know, Gary felt a little something on a swing in the ALCS, and he's had a sore back ever since. And we told him, you know, just take it easy in the offseason, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Are you ruling that no, out? No, of course not. I can't rule that out. It's impossible. My the, my, my confidence factor is uh, not ruling that out. Oh, no, you're talking about confidence <laughs> factor. The Look, man, I just – I don't know what to tell you with these injuries. That one seems like a spring training, like, soreness thing. Let's just hope it's that. Everything has seemed like – judge, right. Judge's shoulder right. started out as a spring training fatigue thing. You're not wrong. And here we are, and it's a fractured rib. Yep. So Gary Sanchez has a sore back. He might need his foot amputated. It's possible. He could have done this in Tampa when he was – uh, you know, lackadaisically running down the line. It's possible. Yeah, it's it's all very possible. So uh, it's like if this if uh, I don't even. He know. came in in great shape. Why? Because he's starving himself. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't been able to eat for a week for for two and, months. Uh, there was an article in that tapeworm. Sanchez had a had a bad game on Friday night in which he allowed a wild pitch and a pass ball. His so, his back runs. was sore. Two runs scored, so yeah, it comes out his back back was sore. So, oh boy. Uh, so the outfield depth chart, considering Judge and Stanton are going to start on the shelf, is this is how I have it, uh, and you can tell me if you disagree. So in right field, I have Frazier and Talkman. So Frazier is the first, Talkman is the second. Center field, Talkman is the first. It's the same the guys. Second. It's all the same guys. That's what a depth chart. I understand is. that, but there's like no real other. There's no other. But that's what it, no. That's what a depth. Chart I know, but is. usually at I the mean? end of a depth chart, there's like a defensive guy, and there's not that guy doesn't exist here. It's, it would be Tyler Wade. Yeah, who's not even on this? But right. And in left field, so what I'm saying is the opening day starting outfield is going to be Frazier in right, Talkman in center, Gardner in left. And I think if they do play Andujar in the outfield, it will be in left field. And in that sense, I cannot see them also playing Clint Frazier in right field because then you're really compromising your outfield defense. So in that case, it would probably be Gardner in center, Talkman in right. You know who is going to have load management at some point? And it's Brett Gardner. At some point, Brett Gardner, who's... Right, you know, last year was like the only year he ever didn't break down towards yeah, the end of I'm the year. Yeah, I'm knocking on the wood. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's a guy who they're going to want to manage innings so that they can have him available. I mean, he's a guy that has historically not, not, not injury. Injuries haven't really slowed him down. It's more just wear and tear, and, and we've seen. And, and that's all a kind of speculation. It's just we've known he's slowed down at the end of the year. So, look, he's an older guy. I'm saying you're, there's a possibility. I know he's in phenomenal shape. He's just one of those, those country-strong guys who's – 
you know, will go out there no matter what. Um, but yeah, he's 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 part of this equation now that that he can't really sit very often. Well, yeah. Also, or um, you will have Mike- Clint Frazier and you will have uh, Andujar in the outfield this unless Tyler Wade is now really becoming an outfield, which I see no choice. Right, you have to almost. Yeah, Wade. Wade, if he's on the roster, will play. Will can play outfield and infield. And we saw last year Tyro Estrada going out into the outfield without any experience in the outfield. Did fine in left field. So that's that's part of the reason why I think Andujar is going to be out there at some point. And Andujar, I think, will get at least to start a lot of time at DH because you're going to want to get his bat in there. But he's also coming off shoulder surgery. Like, let's not forget. Like, what if he takes a little while to ramp? Oh, he up? looks good. <laughs> okay, it's it's spring training. My, co- my like, confidence in Andujar, good, high. Very Mike high. Talkman ended last season with a calf. I mean, issue. he's been injured right. here and there. Yeah, I got no, I, yeah. I got no confidence that he's going to. So the, the guys who are now the starters are also have injury history. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Andujar also played first base on Friday and made a really bad error. Um, I, Frazier at some point. I mean, like. You know, he had lingering uh, head trauma issues. Concussions. Who knows yeah. if that's something that could, you know, I mean, we haven't really heard much about it lately. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's beyond those. Um, but who knows what could bring that back? You never know. It's like there's a lot of things. There's so many what ifs now, even with the guys that are still on the field running around trying to catch balls. A lot of what ifs. Does that does that lead you down the path of now we look at free agency because I've been seeing uh, a certain guy's name out there quite a bit that would add the loop. Yeah, we have a, we have a mailbag about okay. that. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it when we get the mailbag. Big league tease by you. Garrett Cole got crushed by Detroit on Thursday, and that caused Twitter to melt down naturally. Uh, it was windy, and there was a ton of home runs in that game, so that could also be part of the reason. He was also recovering from an illness, and when I saw the news that Garrett Cole was feeling ill, I of course immediately thought coronavirus. Um, or hand, mouth, but, and foot. Yeah, Coxsackie. <laughs> That's what it's I called. I forgot. That's the medical terminology. Yeah, yep. yep. Not my, not my, uh, not my area of expertise. Everyone, calm down. If if Garrett Cole is healthy, I'm good. Um, because really, spring training stats don't matter. And if a guy gets rocked in a spring training outing, I'm not going to freak out. Did the did the, the con- did the wind cause the guys to barrel up the ball? No, but like you could hit a ball that would be a warning track out, and instead it's gone. Like no, there was there was something crazy. It was like a high scoring game, something like yeah. seven home runs yeah, hit no, in the game. I or know. Something I'm, I'm just being an ass. It's it, there's nothing wrong with it. it's fine. Garrett Cole's going out there, you know, probably wasn't feeling great, doing some work, going through the motions, getting the arm ready. Yeah. Just get the arm ready. That's all he's gonna do. We don't care. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not worried. But about we can that. talk about and people who do really well if we don't expect it. I'm I'm here right, for that. So, so that's what we're going to run through. Some standout players so far this spring. And just with the context that spring training stats don't matter. If Garrett Cole had a thousand ERA in spring training, there he's still going to start opening day. If, if, if uh, DJ LeMahieu was hitting zero this spring, he's still going to start at second base. He is hitting four. He's not because he's DJ LeMahieu. Of course, of course he is. <laughs> Let's, but, other- I'm going to tell you, though, the Garrett Cole thing, uh, I am not worried at all, but if I start seeing early struggles in the in the regular season, my mind I already know where my mind's going. It's it's a, it's going to be impossible for me to get my mind out of the gutter on this one. Remember we talked about this CC Sabathia in his first like month as a Yankee was had like a four and a half ERA. Yeah, I know, but that that's not where my mind's going to go. 
It's Garrett. Garrett What's going to go? The, that 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 the that he's no longer using illegal substances on on the ball. Topical. And that the Astros were doing something. Ointments. Yes, that's where my mind's going to go. I'm just saying that's exactly where my mind's going to go. I that's where Trevor. That's where Trevor Bauer's mind went. That's exactly where. That's where his his mind has been for a while. He's been kind of touting that for a little bit. Yes. Um, he called. No, he called out Garrett Cole. Yeah, he said it a long time ago. He said it about a bunch of the guys. Charlie Morton. He said it. Yes. This was. This is the thing. Like, this is why I was d- digging into fan graphs from weird articles that were like MLB notes that are like behind the scenes that I found. There's just there's weird things with that, and I hope it's not anything. I really do. We were gonna touch on this in uh, MLB news like rundown, but there was uh, the Angels fired their visiting clubhouse manager last week because uh, he was supplying illegal substances to visiting pitchers. It's pretty funny. You know, so I mean, it's just like one of those things. It's like, well, he's like, I hate my job. I hate my team. I'm just going to. First of all, how did they And the article made it seem like they knew about this and they just didn't care because like their pitchers were doing it, too, or whatever. But like, why are they firing them now? The article theorized, I think it was on MLB um, Hardball, whatever the NBC. Wasn't there something whatever. about. Oh, no, that was in um, that was in Yankee Stadium. The clubhouse manager of the opposing team had a relationship with Garrett Cole. That's what it was. And he knew he liked like Italian wine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. But this guy was supplying whatever it was, illegal substances to visiting pitchers and he was fired. But they, they article theorized he was fired because MLB is really cracking down on all sorts of cheating. Yeah. If there's any kind of like a little bit of gray, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, Let's fire the wrong guys. Okay. Let's, let's fire the guys (laughs) that have nothing to do with any of this, but with the players, we're not going to touch them. So some other Yankees that this, guy, this guy was out. probably giving chapstick to people on a cold night. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Yeah, like the, some bed gay, like the oh. sun, the sunscreen, yeah. or guys use pine tar. And he's like, oh, yeah, your said, neck's a little red. I got some, I got some SPF fifty in the back. You want some? Well, no. I mean, it's all, it's all. You gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be sneaky about it. You gotta be suave. Oh, about maybe it. he was like, just being a nice guy and saying, like, you're getting burned. I got some sunscreen so your neck doesn't oh, get. Oh, yeah, red. like the hot Southern California yeah. sun. He's like, oh, saying? you guys are from uh, Minnesota. You obviously don't know how the sun hits. Like, Why would sun? I feel like sunscreen would make the ball slipperier, and that's not what a pitcher would want. I mean, it depends what you're trying to do with the ball. I guess if you have a little bit more slickness, you could get. No, if you can get a better grip, you're going to get a better spin rate, and the ball's going to be you're going to be able to manipulate the ball better. Yeah, I mean back that's what, but back in the day, the spitball, the the grease ball, like these are you know you get a little different little slide off of it, it goes goes crazy on you. You don't have to I'm throw it. Picturing. You don't have to throw it so hard. It goes still a little crazy on you. You know, like uh, you know that scene in the office where Michael's preparing for the birth of not his child. And Dwight lathers up a watermelon in like <laughs> Vaseline, right? And he just like I picture that's what the ball would be like trying to trying to throw a watermelon like lather. I mean, guys would Vaseline. use Vaseline. Impossible. Guys would use Vaseline. That's a we know that. They, and what's his they what's his name? Uh, yeah, but what, what about uh, Clay Buckholz would be soaking wet with freaking yeah, sunscreen it, in his hair? Sunscreen in his hair, but like again, like, I, yeah, I think so. You don't use the laces on those. You use just the ball. What does that do? Makes it more slick. Gets it out of your hand a little different. Look, all you need you is something maybe, a little different. Do you think maybe it's so when the bat connects with the ball, it slides off the bat no. and has a weaker contact? No, I don't think that. I think it's just the <laughs> ball being slippery out of your hand. Uh, which, which, is, which is why guys don't You're want You're not going to let me get to these no, guys, sorry. are you? The, but, but you? When you talk about foreign substances and you talk about the players, the batters, like a lot of these guys were like, yeah, pine tar? Great, I want that, no problem. Yeah, because guys could grip it, and then they could they could control it better. And on a cold day, which is different, like coldness, 
Like you can't feel the ball at that point. But when you have more grip, some batters are like, fine, like keep the ball in the strike zone away from my head, away from my body. I'm fine with that. So some guys just have no problem with it at all. Vaseline, or is it, now you're, you're talking about a substance that gives you just a little bit of a different movement. Are pitchers okay with, are batters okay with pine tar maybe instead because they know their pitchers are using it? Well, I think it depends on the situation. I think in, in the winter, or, you know, not in the winter, but in the colder nights, wind is kicking. You can't get a grip on the ball because you can't really feel the ball as much. Your little pine tar will help you control the ball better. I think some guys would be okay with that. They've, I've heard them talk about it. Can I talk about Yeah, let's talk about these guys. Now? Yeah, yeah. We all wrote Jay Happ off, but he's had a good spring. He's thrown nine innings and only given up one run. And they're going to count on him to be their number three starter yep. for at least the first couple months of the season. So that's good. It's good that Jay Happ is not sucking so far this spring. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, Who else Johnny wrote him I didn't write him off. Yeah, we did. We wanted to trade his ass. No, you wanted to trade his ass. I didn't want to trade his ass. Jay Happ was fine. I think he's going to be just great. Keep going. What, do you want him to get 160 innings so he gets that vesting option? Yes, I do, because that means he's pitching well. Not necessarily. Well, yeah. It means they don't have anyone else I to am pitch. fine with Jay Happ as a fifth starter in 2021. Johnny Lasagna has uh, pitched in four games. He's made two starts. Uh, he's looked pretty good. He's allowed two runs in seven innings. He's one of these guys might be in the, the conversation for a starter, might be in a conversation for a reliever. They might be piggybacking with starters and relievers as a fifth starter. Clark Schmidt, his stuff has looked filthy. He's got a 1.8 ERA. A lot of a lot of people are excited about Clark Schmidt. He's on the Yankees prospect boards. He, a lot higher than most people thought too. A lot, he's he jumped um, he jumped a lot mm -hmm. of people on that board, and you know there's been a lot of hype about him since he came back from injury. So that's a guy Tom, he had Tommy John. Yeah, that, but he's a guy that. Um, you know, pitched a little at the end of last year, and then people have been hyping when him up. When did we talk to him? We talked to him after he got drafted. So 2018? Yeah, he's a, he's another Gamecock. We we could potentially have two USC Gamecocks in the rotation, him and Jordan Montgomery. Are Gamecocks more likely to get Coxsackie? Potentially. And also... Um, yeah, there's 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 other there's other diseases that I think follow with chickens too. So no good. Clint Frazier's got a 500 OBP. Um, this one, you know, he's he's ag usually aggressive at the plate, but he's supposedly changed a little bit of his mechanics. Maybe he's got better pitch recognition, can be a little bit more patient to become more of a complete offensive player, or maybe he's just facing bad pitching, inf inferior pitching right. in spring training, and he's got a 500 OBP. Or maybe guys so are just fine, practicing whatever. their fastball. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Russell Herrera is a guy who everyone is talking about. He leads the team in run scored and batting average. And he is not, he's not like a, a new player to the majors. He's played, uh, before for teams. He's 27 years old. He's a switch hitter. He's not currently on the 40 man roster, but he does have major league experience at six different positions. Yeah. So that's the type of guy. Like there's always a guy that you're like, Oh, I've never heard of him before, but he hit 475 this spring. And it's always like, oh, maybe he's going to make the roster. Maybe he's not going to make the roster. And if the Yankees were healthy, Herrera would be not even sniffing the roster. But now, especially with 26-man roster, who the hell knows? Well, yeah, it's a guy that, that you would think could be stored in AAA and be like first guy up type of thing. Does his helmet fly off when he rounds first base and goes to second? I'm getting some, uh, I'm getting some vibes with him with a, a, another former utility guy from the New York Yankees that won a World Series with the Red Sox, unfortunately. But the he seems like a guy because he's been hitting the Nunez? ball. Yeah, a little little Nooney, little Nooney uh, flavors there. I feel like the the uh, he's a guy that could play multiple positions. 
you know, if he could play them better than than, than Nunez, hopefully, um, but a little bit of an offensive player as well. He's an interesting player, you know, a guy that could peak at a later point in his career. I'm good with it. Have you ever wondered why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your shape or size, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. But if you do want my word for it, I have like four or five Untucked shirts and I love them all. The best part is once you find your size, no matter the style that you order, whether it's a, a long sleeve button down, a short sleeve button down, or whatever it is, it's going to fit you just right. Many other clothing brands out there, I cannot say the same about, but I can say the same about that for Untuck It. They always come consistent, which is huge when you're ordering clothes online. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, that's one word, for 20% off your first order. So there were some rumors on the New York Post, uh, because that's what the New York Post is, really, about the Yankees and Mets discussing possible Steven Matz trade. And I found it funny, because if you read the article, like the third or fourth sentence basically says, uh, these are preliminary discussions. There's skepticism that this would actually happen, especially this earlier in the year. So they basically just wanted some clicks. Regardless, what I want to ask you is, is Steven Matz someone that you would like to have in the rotation over what the Yankees might have to fill in within their organization because I don't, do I, I don't want think them Steven do, Matz has done anything that special do I want the Mets problem do I want, want an injury problem that came over from the Mets I don't know where he was at the end of last year like you know. no he's not been in, he's, he, not been, he's, he's had actually in, been one of the more durable starters he's too. had injuries I, there were injuries you know maybe it was the year before that or he's had injuries at some point He's made 30 starts each of the last two seasons, which okay. So then maybe is it was two years ago. Season. Okay, fine. I, I take it back. No, I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him. Oh, no, you, I, I don't want him because his stats aren't that good in the National League. Never mind what he would be in the American League. In 2018, he had a 3.97 ERA, which uh, okay, not that bad. Actually, pretty good, but a 4.62 FIP. Yeah, terrible. 2018, he got even worse. 4.21 ERA, 4.60 FIP. So like, he hasn't been that great. He has not lived up to the hype. I think people for the Mets overhyped him because he's from Long Island. Right. Like, oh, this would be fun if we had a Long Island guy pitching for us. But now they got another Long Island guy pitching for them. They're just rounding up all the, the Long, Long Island, Island athletes and putting them putting them on the Mets. Might as well, you know, it's find something that's trying to work over there. No, I mean, look, he's another guy who had a big prospect talk coming up, hasn't lived up to the the, um, the bill. And uh, did he have Tommy John surgery before he was able up? It was something like that. I don't know. But he, because I know he had like a slow start. I, I just don't want it. We got guys who we're excited about in the minor leagues right now. We have guys that are prospects. Yankees have a ton of right-handed arms. Uh, they have a ton of guys that we're talking. We're talking about Clark Schmidt right now. He's a guy that just had uh, an injury. Is coming back from it. High prospects. Uh, a number one draft pick for the Yankees. No, I want the guys that they've been scouting and they know that's in their system because that's gone well so far. That recently, that's gone well. I want those guys. Well, also, the article mentioned that the Yankees have positional player depth to trade 
and the Mets have Dude, pitching depth to trade. They have positional. Pl- okay. To where? Yeah. Who are we trading? We have too many injuries well, to trade, guys. Well, I mean, obviously there's the injury factor, but the article mentioned Miguel Andujar. Okay. And if you're going to trade Miguel Andujar, I would hope you can get a better pitcher than Steven Matz. You can't trade Andujar right now. You just can't. He's a healthy body with a phenomenal bat that we know of. I'm, I am not in the camp that you can't trade Andujar because he's a designated hitter. Right now, he is the starting left fielder. <laughs> no, he's not. He's the starting designated hitter then. He's a yes, starting, he's starting player on our team, hitter. and Steven Matz is a number five starter. No. Uh, but I'm not saying that you are worse off with Mike Ford DHing and Luke Voigt at first base than you are with one of those two playing first base and Miguel Andujar DHing full time. Like, if you can get a pitcher for Miguel Andujar, I'm fine with you, that. You're, you're saying that Voigt's bat and Mike Ford's bat are comparable to Miguel Andujar's bat? The guy led. The, the in doubles he's like set the rookie record in doubles when he was I think we're forgetting on how good his bat is and, and where it can be I think he's a plus plus bat that is an impact bat that in in a in a lineup now that is missing two significantly high impact bats we need that guy now that that is now a guy that is a necessity on this team who knows how long judge is going to be out who knows how long Stan's going to be out we need to score some runs also. We need to be able to protect some of the other guys. Because guess what? If we're missing th- both of those guys, don't expect Glaber to see the pitches that he saw last year. Don't expect him to be able to, to go out there and have that same type of year because there's no protection now. It, this is, is My... going to become a factor. And if we don't have the bats to, to put in there and slot in this lineup, it's not going to be as good. Uh, and my concern with Anduar is that we saw the best offensive season he's ever going to have in 2018. I mean, you just, we just don't know. No, well, so he he doesn't walk. He has no plate discipline, and those players do not project well going forward. They, what he had a great year. I'm not underselling his year in 2018. He had a 130 WRC plus. That's excellent. But I don't know if he can repeat that. Miguel Andujar is one of those guys that you're nervous. Are you saying Miguel? I'm just stressing it. Miguel, one of those. He's one of those guys that your nerds can't comprehend. Your nerds don't like guys like this because he's a bad, a good bad ball hitter. He's a guy that could go out <laughs> and find the barrel, and he barrels up the ball. That's why he had so many goddamn doubles. Not a lot of them were not strikes over the middle of the plate. He's the of the. I, I've made this comparison before. I'm not trying to label him as the that type of hitter, but it's a don't say it. Similar. I know we're I've already say, said it a hundred times. The Vlad Guerrero type hitter, no, in the sense no. that he's a good bad ball hitter. That's what I mean by that. I'm not saying he's a, a potential Hall of Famer. He's a guy that could control the bat. Has very good control, good hand eye. I love that. So so yeah, your nerds don't project him well because the plate discipline's off. He's swinging at balls outside the plate. He's just a guy who can handle the bat. Fine. He can hit the ball. He hits the ball, puts it in contact, puts it in play. He's a guy that, okay. that projects well. Do we know that he's going to have a better year? No, we don't. But he was out for a year. His offense is pro, he's a prolific offensive player. I think he's going to get better. I don't think you get worse from that. I think when you have a good set of skills as an offensive player, you can build upon those. I hope so. But what, I, what I'm more saying is not that Andujar stinks. It's that is your team better off? With Voigt and Ford in the lineup, who maybe can be almost as good as Andujar offensively, if you can get a pitcher of quality for Miguel Andujar. I mean, it depends who that pitcher is, I guess. It's not Steven right. Matz. 
It's not Stephen Metz. Right. That's what we. That's where this start originated. Yes, I don't know who that guy is, like where your bar is, but my bar would have to be pretty pretty high. And unfortunately, he just hasn't built up that value yet post injury to get to that guy. So that's why I believe at this point he's not tradable because you're not going to get the value for him. And who knows what um, happens at the break because who knows who's back? Yeah, Keith Law, who is. Um Obviously, he writes a lot about prospects in, in minor league systems. He ranked the Yankees number six in baseball for their overall system rankings, which is pretty good, yeah. pretty high. Um, the, the Rays are number one. Red Sox are number 25. So the Red Sox are the, I mean, the, getting worse, Dom, and their organization doesn't really have much, uh, much to call. The Dombrowski much, effect much, is much so real. It's such, a, it's such a glaring thing, what Dombrowski does to your team. I mean, it's, uh, he puts it on film, man. He's got the he's got the film to back it up. So I'm going to read the first sentence of his blurb, and I, I want to see what you find interesting in this sentence. He says, the Yankees have clearly figured out some things on the development side, especially finding ways to help pitchers throw harder or throw higher quality pitches like boosting spin rates and have also stayed active on the international side. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what they've done. That's that's why I have more confidence in the development team and where these nerds and the scouts and the and uh, you know nerd number two have all worked together to to find these guys. Boosting spin rates, though, according to Trevor Bauer, the only way to boot only way to boost spin rate is illegal substance. I, I don't think he said that's the only way. I think to get the drastic yes. to get the drastic improvements in such a short amount of time. Then, yeah, that, like when you're looking at veteran guys who come over and all of a sudden there's a revelation. Yeah, that, that to me is a little bit of a flag. But when you're developing kids from a lower point in their career, yeah, I think over time you can do that by, by adjusting certain things. So I, I will disagree there. I think there are ways to do that if you're doing it smart and you know how to do it. It's just the you know, overnight successes in spin rate are the ones that I'm kind of shrugging my, uh, you know, my eyes at a little bit, a little, a little worried about them. Rohan on BronxPinstripes.com wrote a good article about this topic mentioning Keith Law's rankings and how he has him at number six. Baseball America ranked the Yankees organization at 17. That's a pretty drastic gap. Yeah. That's, that's top of the league versus middle of the league. And the biggest difference is really how the difference in how these outlets, uh, what they place importance on as far as prospects. Right. Because... You can evaluate them different. It depends. Are you looking for upside or is it risk management? And for Keith Law, he puts more emphasis on upside. Yeah. The Yankees have a lot of young players with really good upside. So if a couple of those work out, then boom, you've got yourself something special. Whereas Baseball America, if a guy is riskier, they're going to they're gonna knock you more for that. So they look for more high, high, uh, high floor, whereas Keith Law is looking at what's the ceiling. Right. Did he uh, did he label these out by any chance? I'm because I'm curious as to where. What do you mean label? Them I out? mean the players. I get it's just by team. It's not no, really no, no. He's just players. by he's just ranking yeah. the teams, and he had a little bit of a blurb on each team on why he ranked the organization where. So it is. If it, because what what Baseball America said is basically that after the Yankees top three, it's it's so so risky. It's impossible to evaluate. It's impossible to put them top in the league. Whereas Keith Law is saying. Uh, the Yankees have found something in their development side, and they've they've uh, compiled this these players with immense talent. Right, and if and if a few of them work out, then that's all you can really ask for. Like a prospect, you you don't bat a thousand on your prospects. You bat if you bat like two fifty on your prospects, then you're doing okay. Probably, I mean, better than okay. The 
So I, this is where I was uh, was curious about that. I th- I would think that Keith Law has guys also like Floriel probably higher than Baseball America does. Where Baseball America and Badler, we talked about this. They had him outside the top ten in the Yankee system because, you know, he he hadn't shown any improvements from where they had him uh, a previous time, and that was because he couldn't stay on the field because he you know wasn't able to show improvement. So therefore, they can't say okay, well he has improved, so they knock him for that. And, and that's just a different way of looking at it. Whereas Keith Law might say, well, if Floriel has a healthy season, like the potential is number one guy. Uh, and, and he may rank that a little higher. I think the overwhelming majority of people and like the constant is that the Yankees have gone out in the international free, uh, free agency and they have signed a lot of uh, right-handed, hard-throwing guys that they are kind of like, let's see how many of these guys we can get. Let's see how many of these guys we could develop into you know, better pitchers that, that can pitch not, and not just throw, but also have the ability to throw in the high 90s. And, you know, maybe we can increase spin rate. Maybe we could do this and that and this. And they're trying to increase the um, consistency in the strike zone. And, and that's where a lot of these guys live. So, yeah, the Yankees have a lot of high t- talented guys, I think. And the international free agency is, is one of those. Um, it's, I think they've more come from there than the draft. And when you bring in someone like Mike Blair – to overrun <laughs> we're just gonna call him every name but his name from every, every every simple name that starts with an m and a b yeah nice uh, I can't wait. so this matt blake fun. comes in and they're they're talking about overhauling just the the pitching staff uh the pitching coach staff throughout the organization and you can work with these guys who have this great talent and you can develop these pitchers better than they have in the past yeah um so that's what um you know i i find it i find it uh very cool how these different outlets what how they evaluate things because it's different it's just a different mindset it's just well that's the thing it's not robotic right it's not you're not basing it off of um just purely speculate or speculation based on projections and the numbers these are people that are using their uh their thought and their experience and their eyes and and the numbers and all of these things to conclude into one you know one narrative and whatnot so yeah i i think it is very interesting it gives you different perspectives all right, I want to go through a lightning round of baseball, uh, just regular baseball news. And what I'm going to do is when when we start the topic, I'm going to start a one-minute timer. And then when that timer's done, I'm going to say, what do you want me to say? No, you say whatever you want. Just We have, okay. we have diarrhea of the mouth, so it's gonna be, this is going to be very challenging for us. And, and I'm going to say stop. And then you don't want like a word? like, we, like A like safe a, word? Like a stop word? <laughs> Not a safe word, a stop word. Yeah, whatever it is. Just say stop. Time up. Okay. And we're going to stop and move on to the next topic. For, for, right. for everybody listening, uh, the amount of alarms that I'm saving you from right now that Andrew went through on his phone for the noise that was going to happen, you just, just thank me right now because they all gave me like they, – they gave me agita from either waking up or uh, an alarm to do something I don't want to do or whatever it is. So we're just going to go with the word. All right. Anyway, start. First one is a stat from at High Heat Stats on High Heat Stats on Twitter. They're a good account. Go follow them. 2019 set records for most strikeouts per game, most batters hit by pitch per game, fewest sack bunts per game, fewest triples per game, most different batters used in a season, and home runs per game. What does that all add up to? Slow ass baseball games. Yep, lots of boring games, lots of non moving the runners around to get the runs that need to be done because the numbers tell them they don't do that. And they look at that and they love it. And I hate it. I hate it too. I saw this and I was like, yeah, I didn't need the stats to prove to me that this is where baseball is going. 
but all the stats prove it to where it's going. And it's really annoying. And yes, stats are they're going that way because they're tailored that way. We've we've found out where the numbers are at some point. Some nerds are like, yeah, this does better than this, so now everybody does it. And what does it do? It adds up to a more boring game. I love the game. Quit messing with it. Wow, we didn't uh, 58 seconds. I'm anticipating you saying it. That's why. <laughs> we didn't we didn't even Okay, so I'm going to move to the next one, all right? You ready for this? Uh Arod's comments. Did you hear these comments when he was talking about the Astros and how uh, you know, he was fined essentially $35 million through his suspensions. He lost $35 million and the Astros were only fined $5 million. And those things don't just really add up. And I, one thing I didn't agree with him on, he was like, I sat there and took my medicine. Uh, bullshit, dude. No, you did not. You fought it tooth and nail. Yeah. You, you stormed out of court like a little baby and then went straight to Mike Francesa. Francesa to bitch about Rob Manfred in baseball. So you did not take your medicine. You sat out and lost $35 million after you had to. So shut the hell up, A-Rod. Yeah. There's, there, what are we, mine's worse than his? <laughs> I had all these injuries. I, I had all these, uh, this money taken away from me, and they didn't get caught. It's like, the guy, they didn't get caught. They didn't have what I did. No, it's, they're both bad. Both very, very, um, uh, the decisions were based off premeditated things. It's a bad look. It's a bad look for him. He needs to go back to shutting up. Except now they're putting a, a, an emphasis Stop. on him. Stop. Stop. He's going to be talking Stop. way too much. Shut up. Shut up. Way Stop. too much. segment is going swimmingly jose bautista is working out as a two-way player and he was clocked at 94 miles an hour in the bullpen bring his ass in for the spectacle of it okay fine yeah for the spectacle of it okay go to a team go to the marlins and and play there like you're fine you you can you can be there you're low cost jeter has no problem with those guys very short-term basis okay great you throw 94 miles an hour how many other guys in the in the league can throw that high. Probably a lot of them. It doesn't mean anything. Stop it. Yeah, what percentage would you say of baseball players can hit mid-90s off a mound? I'd say an, a higher amount than most people think. A percentage of the guys in the league that are position players, I'll say yeah. 30%. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have no... Like, I think, wasn't Didi clocked at, like, 90-something miles an hour from shortstop at, Probably, at one point? yeah. I mean, if, who knows? If he starts getting in a little bit of emotion and, and figures out some mechanics, he could throw the ball. Wait a minute. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Trevor Bauer is a psychotic lunatic part number one billion as if we need more evidence. He signaled what pitch was coming in a game against the Dodgers. Matt Beattie was at the plate and he still got him out. He would do his little glove motions if it was a fastball or a breaking ball. Like you do in any bullpen session to alert the catcher. Yeah, you just fold over your glove. Is this proof that sign stealing does not work? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not <laughs> proof. That's it. It's not proof. Why? He told Matt Beatty what pitch was coming. Yeah. And Matt Beatty could not hit it. Because I do think that if a pitcher, even if you know it's coming, can execute said pitch in a because you don't know where it's going. But if you could execute said pitch to the to the ability that you want to, I still think you could get a batter out. Still, still an advantage for the pitcher if you can execute that pitch in a because you're not telling them where it is. It's a quadrant that you don't know about. So I still think it's it's an advantage. It's not foolproof. So it doesn't prove anything. It proves nothing. You got it. Fifty-seven seconds. There you go. We're moving on. We already talked about the Angels firing the visiting clubhouse guy. So we're good. Here's the, I think we need to come up with a better way to like alert that the time is up, like a sound. Yeah, we'll just, or like we a need bird. a we need a better sound. 
yeah, one that doesn't yeah. scare the shit out of people because like, oh my god, I have to wake up, or oh my god, I have to take my medicine, or oh my god, yeah. I have to go to the doctor. Let us know what your suggestions are. Hey, maybe you can even leave them in the written reviews on our uh, on iTunes of the podcast. And we got a bunch this last week after I called the the people out, called the listeners out, and I appreciate it. So thank you to Raul Rodriguez Jr., Yankees Girl Eight, New Runner Eleven, T Bar Three Eight Five, Mickey Star, Mickey Stir, Mickey Stir, Mickey Stir. Uh, JJSHS zero zero eight seven two one BSBSU he he KC 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 eight seven Mister or uh, uh, BR that's Brian Moniz I know, we know him yeah oh yeah that is yeah yeah what's up Brian? underscore Yankees I think you went fan. to a game with him actually in I didn't I didn't yeah I didn't connect the yeah. uh, the the Twitter handle on that that makes sense and Rand nine Rand nine nine yeah probably ninety nine um, for Aaron Judge just guessing. Or it's R, or it's R and ninety nine, or they were born in nineteen ninety nine. Potentially, people were born in nineteen ninety nine, huh? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so thank you guys. If you have not written us a review yet, please do so. It it really does help us out, and we just got a bunch this week, and and it's great. Some people have been listening for five years, which is how long we've been doing the show. So yeah, it's pretty. You guys have come with us a long way, over four hundred episodes. You've Heard us bitch about. I mean, we spent an entire season of me just bitching about Chase Headley, so that was fun. That's true. There was that's it's kind of how it all kicked off. It was a lot of a, a lot of a lot of early bitch sessions, but no, we do appreciate it. And I know some people just need a little bit of a reminder. Go in there and and, uh, and give us that five star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And if you listen on Spotify and you could rate on there, uh, we'd appreciate that too. Thanks, guys. You've also come a long way because right now I'd say your biggest man crush on the Yankees is DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. Your biggest man crush on the Yankees used to be Rob Refsnyder. Right. I mean, there was just, you know, the lack of options. I don't know what to tell you. There was, there were things the the man crushes came from uh, pain points, really. It was not like an admiration as much of a player, but it was like, I just don't want to see this guy named Steven Drew rolling out there when we have a prospect who's been highly touted and sold to us, who was the highest prospect in the in the in the organization for a long time of Rob Refsnyder, which is sad. That's where the organization was in 2015. Like just play that guy. We have a bunch of bums out there. He just hit a home run. Let him play. What are we doing? <laughs> Opened up some old wounds. Jesus there. Christ. I had I had the 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 privilege of talking with Refsnyder too. Yes. All right. Uh, that probably helped the man crush. It didn't hurt it. First mailbag questions from Shane. He says, I love judge as a player and leader. I really do. But the dude is made of glass, not to mention pretty old compared to his peers at the same point <laughs> in their career. Unfortunately, I feel like the Yankees are all but pot committed to signing him to a long-term deal at this point. I hate to say it Yankees universe, but I think they might need to let him walk after arbitration. We already have Stanton, who looks like he's going to weigh down the payroll for the next decade. So either that or trying to sign him to a modest deal now, maybe four to five years for 15 to $20 million AAV. Take the money you are planning on giving Judge and reallocate some of it, or reallocate it to someone like Glaber. So, so but before you, you talk, I just want to run down the uh, Judge's injury history. In the minors, in 2014, he played 131 games, and in 2015, he played 124 games. Those are essentially full minor league seasons. Yeah. 2016, he got called up in August. Out of 46 possible games he could have played, he played 27, because if you remember, he ended that season with an oblique injury. Right. 2017, that, was, that looked he, like it was clearly bothering him, too, because he was, it looked like an issue. 
2017, he comes back a whole new player, revamped his swing, everything. He was the rookie of the year, should have been the MVP. He dealt with shoulder issues the entire second half, which hurt his numbers, but he still played 155 games. 2018, 112 games because he fractured his wrist after being hit by a pitch. 2019, 102 games because of another oblique injury. And now 2020, he's going to start the season not playing because of a fractured rib. Yeah. Um, and also the oblique... <laughs> When was the oblique injury in 2019? It, it happened in, I want to say, April. Yeah. I'm just thinking now. I just kind of connected a couple things potentially. What if the... What? I don't know. There's like some core stuff going on with the chest and the oblique. And I'm wondering if there was something to do with that 2000 uh, early... that The one that happened early on uh, with his oblique injury that maybe crept up. Um, in 2016 no 2019 there's an oblique injury there and then we're he, he hurt himself again at the end of 2019 because now we're dealing with it there's i don't know there's some possible i know they're in the same region of the body but a cracked rib is different than an oblique, an oblique no for in- sure it is but if there was if there, there could have been some uh you know some whatever it could be very separate i'm just saying just in the, in the area of the the chest core um so what this tells me when i'm looking at this okay i'm seeing a guy that came up uh, has has now we're, we're seeing the oblique. I'm circling the oblique. Like that's happened twice now because it's happened twice. And uh, to me, the other ones look fluky. The the fractured wrist fluky. Played full season 2017. Would have probably played full season 2018. Uh, again, 2016 oblique injury. Again, that was when he was first coming up. Who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen when you're first coming up. Overextension, um, whatever it is. Oblique again, still that area though. Uh, and then 2019 oblique, and then this fractured rib thing. So, again, impact injuries, and then oblique. Fluky or not, some guys just get injured more than other guys. That's just a fact. Sure. No, no, it's, it's a so fair, is it's this a fair gonna, assessment. We're talking about what is Aaron Judge going to get on the free agent market? What are the Yankees <clears throat> going to sign him to? This plays a factor. Of course maybe it does. They can, maybe they can get him to sign sooner, or maybe they can get him to sign for fewer years or less total money because of this injury history. This is going to be a concern whenever he goes to talk to a team about a contract. Hey, dude, you've played in the majors for five years, and you've been injured in every one of those years. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely a concern. It's one of those things that you have to look at. Again, I keep talking about the fact that he's just a bigger-bodied guy, and that will play into it because I, I believe that. Um, you know, I, I think as he gets older, he's it's going to be harder for him to stay completely healthy because I think if one – the other thing about these, these bigger-bodied guys is that – I, I just think it takes them a little bit longer to get back to that muscle memory, to find those spots, to find the, the, the good points where they can feel good in their, uh, in their mechanics and all those things too. So, you know, potentially the road back is a little bit longer. There's a bunch of these things that, that just kind of play into, into each other. And yeah, what I see by fractured wrist, um, the rib injury again, man, as he's getting older, he's going to have to be a little bit smarter with the types of risks that he takes in the outfield. I think both of those are, you know, they're, they were caused by, um, I mean, getting hit by a pitch is, is not one thing. But he had some con- contact with a wall at one point for the shoulder. There was some things there, the the, yep. the fractured rib. So, you know, there's a number of things where I think he's going to have to be a little bit smarter in the field and not take those unnecessary risks. Like diving for an hour pool hole single that's in front of you. I just think it's so tough to change a player's mentality. A player's going to dive for an Albert Pujols single in a September game. They're going to dive for a ball in, in October. That's just that's just. How but it's it also plays. it's also like you know in situations where you don't dive for that ball, if there are um, if there are less than two outs, 
you know, if there are less than two outs and there's the judge is a smart player. I know he's not going to dive for a ball that he think, well, okay, well, the runner's going to advance an extra base. If I don't make this play, like, he's always going to play this. He's going to play it smart, but that's my I don't point. Call it safe. He's going to play it smart. That's my point. You can be smart by playing, by being this type of guy, but being playing smart can be two different things. It could be what's going on in the field in front of you. And it could also be by like staying on the field period where in that particular case, you just don't right. need to dive is, and get it. You just don't need to because he's not going anywhere. And if it's a single, it's a single man on first. Nothing hurt. Is it smarter for Judge to keep his body healthy? Is it smarter also for the Yankees long term to keep Judge on the field? Judge, Judge, we've said most important player on the Yankees when he's the team leader. Uh, what year was it where I think it was 2018 that he came back, um, but he didn't really come back. Remember? Yeah. He was just like, he's in he, the dugout. He's in the dugout. He's, uh, he's, he's in the, the team he, with the... He played right field, but he didn't hit. Yeah, Yankee Stadium. Remember that? Just like, oh, and having his presence on the active roster. Who's so talking about how it's, it's all... Because he, he, totally. he wasn't in the dugout anyway. <laughs> yeah, but apparently it's different when you're actually on the active roster versus on the injured list. You can lead differently, whatever it is. All that tells me is that Judge is the unofficial captain of the Yankees. But what I'm saying, when I talk about a guy that's trying to be smarter in the field, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. That's unreasonable to think that a guy could just change the way he plays and the instincts overnight. But it's going to be have to it's going to have to be something that's drilled into him, just kind of like sliding, like like a quarterback sliding instead of taking that hit. You're going to be smarter in certain areas of the game so that you can be on the field because it's more important for you to be on the field in the long term of this team. And, and you're just going to have to get acclimated to that type of play. I'm not saying don't play hard. I'm not saying go after. But in certain circumstances, choose, choose your spots. So the next question I realize we've already discussed um, about the medical issues with the training staff or the medical staff not catching all these injuries, the training staff being different from the medical staff, people complaining about all this stuff. But I just want to shout out Marcus, Alex at Grush. Uh, NYC on Twitter and Jason Spencer at Bronx Bombers JS on Twitter. Thank you for the questions. Uh, keep them coming. Yeah, and appreciate the uh, you know the um, the credit for calling out Dr. Scott. That's, that's Marcus. Appreciate that, man. We'll see you, yeah, Marcus. See you at the Mr. end of the week, Mr. Dr. Scott. Yeah, he's a part of the B, uh, the crew. In BP Tampa. Crew Tampa yeah. chapter. Yes, he says shout out to the BP Crew Tampa chapter. Um, the next question is from Jeff Vitrano. Is it time to consider Puig as an option? This is the guy you were talking about yeah. hearing uh, outfielders' names mentioned. Yeah. So why hasn't Puig been signed yet? I think a lot of people think he's just not as great of a player as as his uh, recognition, his name recognition. You think it's more uh, on-field performance than it is off-field circus Antics? that comes with Yasiel Puig? Yeah, I think so. I think I think some teams think he's, thinks he's overrated. Uh, as a player and um, and takes plays off and like and there's a number of things on there but um, shit <laughs> you look at you look at a, a team like I, he turned down a one year ten million dollar offer for an NL team but would he turn that down now from the Yankees I'd I'd I'd, I'd venture that it would be uh, more of a consideration I think you get him yeah for something at this like point that. what is, what is his end goal at this point spring training is halfway over New York's a great place to land for him. And to me, the Yankees do have to have some kind of a another backup plan that is that is not just Tyler. Yasiel Wade. Puig is not a backup plan. Yasiel Puig is a starter, or else he's a problem. But my point is, they need a backup plan to to go in and and play. It is a, ba- it's a backup plan for the Yankees. Is that he's not oh a backup plan? The <laughs> the mental meltdown that Clint Frazier would have 
if they sign Yasiel Puig to start in right field over him. Yeah. Does that show confidence? <laughs> Where's the confidence? So, so Puig is in right, and Andujar's in left, and Frazier's in triple-A. Ooh. Yeah, and, I mean, that's not a good outfield. Uh, you're right. Nobody said it was. It would be a huge burn to Clint Frazier, though. He would. Um, so Puig in 2019 had a 101 WRC plus and a 458 slugging percentage. That's league average in a juice ball year. Like, not that impressive. So you might be right. Like, just overrated as a player. Yeah, I think his name brings more of a presence than his on-field abilities at this point. I mean, the guy was so... And also, like, the fact that he just took plays off. He's had moments, so right? Yeah, he's had you moments. Think of he's moment, exciting. You think of moments, exciting moments with Yasiel Puig for the Dodgers, home runs in the playoffs, unbelievable cannon of an arm. One of the best, yeah. strongest arms in baseball, like throwing from the right field corner all the way to home plate and all that kind of stuff. His story, think his, of highlight, his story from coming from Cuba is unreal. Unreal it's like story. One of those yeah. unbelievable, crazy, crazy stories. And so you think of highlights, but then you look at his stats and you're like, oh, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still like him. It'd be fun. I'm good. It'd be fun. Yeah. I'd take him. Let's do it. You'd, you would take him for a one year, 10 million? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's go, yes, Seal. <laughs> Let's get nuts. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's, it's hard to rely on guys that, it's hard to rely on Stanton, bottom line. And I think that's that's what you're looking at. I mean, I don't know what the deal is with Judge. That's going to be to me a medical thing. But the medical the medical staff could tell me that Stanton's fine, and then I would still not be able to count on that because it seems yeah, he'll like come back. And he has so a, many different injuries. Pull another muscle. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last question is from Andrew Campbell. Rangers GM John Daniels made it clear that the Rangers would not throw at any Astros players this season. The front office and manager, Chris Woodward, are apparently both opposed to intentionally throwing at any Houston hitters. And Daniels said, we're going to be uh, real clear. We're not looking for our players in any way going after Astros players. Whether this is out of the desire to avoid any negative publicity that comes from mixing it up with the Astros or simply a kind of uh, same state, one union sort of thing. I was curious, if you were a coach or front office executive, would you feel it's right to tell your team and your players what they can and can't do on the field when it comes to something like this? Yeah, so here's the deal. Hey, guys, we're not going to touch the Astros players. There, there's nothing going to – we don't believe in that. These guys are all along with the same players' union. We're not going to – why would these guys go after them at this point? It's done. They've already gotten their, their criticism. They're not, we're not going to go after these players because that's not what we're doing. Umpires, we're not going after these players. Yo <laughs> – Yo, yo, <laughs> wink, wink. Yo, um, make sure you throw at, at least three of them in the first two innings. At least three of them. Look, this is this is all. This is is just a you know just some smoke. Let's. Let, I, I, this is good. They should do this. This this will allow us to see more guys hit on the Astros, and I'm and I'm there for that. I don't want anybody getting hit in the not, head. They're saying not. You're right. They're not. They are saying not. They're putting out <laughs> so a narrative. Plausible deniability. Yeah. This is genius, of course. Everybody should say this. Still yeah. going to do it. Still what I would do, do, if I were a manager or front office, I would leave it up to my players to know how to handle it. I would have confidence that my players will do the appropriate thing because I don't think it's right that a player would ever throw at one of the Astros players to hurt them. Sure. Right? You make a point. You make a statement. You don't throw at their head, though. No. Like, no matter what they did, you don't potentially ruin a guy's life by throwing a 96-mile-an-hour fastball Absolutely. You throw it in the you throw it throw in the back, you throw it in the middle of their back. Yeah. yeah. And let the players do that. They can police themselves. If an Astros player wants to be a tough guy and charge the mound, let them charge the mound. Oh, please, please charge the mound. 
I would absolutely well, it, because now you've just opened Pandora's box for everybody. So else. you're you're Alex Bregman yeah. or Carlos Correa, yeah. and you've been drilled now. This is the sixth time you've been drilled, and it's only May tenth. Yeah, you gotta take it, man. You gotta no. You how long are you gonna take it? As long as you gotta do something. It's your medicine. What are you gonna do? You're gonna charge them out. What is that gonna do? It's gonna make more people do it. Oh, oh, you're know. not taking. So. Oh no, oh, you're not taking your medicine. You're gonna, you're gonna buck back at the fact that I think it's right to throw a ball at your back. Really? That's arrogant. That's cocky. Well, the, Take the your medicine, card, bitch. The wild card in all of this is if it's becoming a pattern and players are getting hit. If the league is going to penalize those pitchers more than they should be penalized for hitting them, then pitchers are going to be like, well, it's not worth getting fined $50,000 or, or getting suspended for two weeks to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. That's, that's going to be the determining factor. It's going to be how Manfred deals with this, how the umpires, whether they're giving warnings ahead of time, before the game, I could see that happening. Oh, super quick warnings yeah. from umpires. I mean, it, it literally could happen at the meeting at the, at the, at the plate. Like, we could see that. Yeah, so we can see an umpire saying, if I feel that a ball was coming in, it's up to me. It's my it's my tell. If I think that that ball is coming inside for on purpose, I'm going to make we're going to have quick hooks today. Just so you know, I want you to be fully aware of that. Then we get into the game of, well, a guy slipped uh, a ball slipped out of a guy's hand or it was a little too far inside. Now we're now we're all going to be determining um, why or what the uh, you know, if it was premeditated and now we're going to destroy umpires because the umpires are going to inject themselves into games that where they shouldn't be. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. Well, it's going to be a problem. Pitchers have also said when you issue warnings too quick, that takes the inside part it of does. the plate and away right. from me. And and there's pitches that you're not trying to hit a guy, but you're also trying to move him. Sure. You're trying to throw a 96 mile an hour fastball off the plate in and that might hit him. Yep. Sometimes it might. It depends. Him. Also, the player, you know, if a guy is known for leaning out over the plate, is is crowding the plate too much? Yeah, you want to back him up. If that's one of the Astros players and that's circumstantial, well, you know, I don't know how the umpire feels about that in that moment, and he better, to me, understand what's going on in that moment, and not and not just make a quick hook because of it. But I fully expect quick hooks in moments that that were not are not warranted, and it's gonna it's gonna be, oh man, I could just see the problems already. It's just it's gonna be a problem. I think it's going to be a problem. People All are going right, to so anticipate bo- umpires. Bef- Sorry. Before we go to out of left field, and we do have an, a good out of left field this time, I want to quickly mention uh, something that my cousin, who's a film student, is doing. So he is raising money for a short film called 33 Innings. It is, if you're not familiar with the story, in the 1980s, uh, the Pawtucket Red Sox, AAA for the Red Sox, at McCoy Stadium, which is in Rhode Island, um, played the longest ever professional game as 33 innings long and my cousin is raising money to shoot uh this film at mccoy stadium they're charging a lot of money to do this also mccoy stadium is closing the Pawtucket red sox are moving to worcester massachusetts so this is the last year of mccoy stadium if anyone is from rhode island uh maybe you have uh been to mccoy stadium you know um i'm gonna put the link in the show notes and i'll also tweet it out but if you want to make a donation uh, that'd be really cool. And um, he, he is a Red Sox fan. Just keep that in mind. But he knows I, I'm a huge Yankees fan and, I, and I'm part of this podcast and the website. So uh, he asked if I'd help him out and I'm more than happy to do so. So um, go check that out. I'll put the show notes, uh, the link in the show notes. All right, let's go to out of left field. Find that out. Sanchez destroys that to left field. There it goes. Deep to left. Really deep. In the air to left field. Back at the track at the wall. I pissed on a public building. Yeah. 
I got a doozy for this you. Is, this one's ridiculous. So I go to a gym, a New York sports club. I'm not going to say which New York sports club. And I usually get there around 6.15 to 6.20 in the morning uh-huh. uh, during the week. And there's a guy who's usually finishing his shower around this time. And instead of like a normal human being drying himself off with a towel, which are provided by New York Sports Club, he stands in front of the mirror with hair dryers in each hand and blow dries himself dry from head to toe. I have, it started off as like, oh my God, I can't believe, is this guy really doing this? To just utter disbelief, to now I'm angry at him. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm angry that someone would have the gall to do this. In, we're living in a society. This is not how people in society should behave, Scott. Use the towel, be a normal human being. Don't be a freak sideshow who dries himself off with hair dryers. You're making everyone around you uncomfortable, dude. Jimmy, it's weird. Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't like the towels. Jimmy doesn't like how the towels feel on his body. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy thinks that the towels are not soft enough for Jimmy's body. So Jimmy has to go and get the hair dryers. Jimmy likes the hair dryers. Jimmy likes to be dried with hot air on the body. Likes the feeling of it. Jimmy does not like towels. Jimmy does not appreciate the laundry service of said gym. Because the towels come out and are scratchy. Jimmy doesn't like scratchy towels. <laughs> Jimmy loves the hot air blowing on his body to dry the, 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 the water and make it run down in a more natural way. Jimmy does not like these towels. The towels are a problem. Jimmy says, fix the towels and I'll use the towels. <laughs> that might be a situation. <laughs> I don't know if this guy's name is Jimmy, but I, it's a safe bet. Look. It's it, this is a Seinfeld episode. This is this is this is exactly what this is. There's nobody in their right mind who goes to a gym and in to leave before leaving the gym takes two hair dryers. Are they on high? Are they on high? Are they like what's the temperature settings on these? Does he does he like scold himself to do it? I mean, they're maybe, not, he's, they're, yeah, maybe he's one of yes. those guys who likes pain and has to like I didn't work out he's, hard enough. He's a masochist. So I need to, yeah, so he needs to like you know put how close are these hair dryers? Very close. Very so close. They're, they're provided by New York Sports Club. Yeah. Their hair dryer. Does the grill and on the hair dryer, is it red? Well, because some of them will get red and you can see the heat. Uh, so I've not looked close enough at the hair dryer itself, but I have noticed his stomach and chest are red from this. Unbelievable. Does he cup? Is he a cupper? Is he a guy that has suction cup marks all over his body? Is he one of those people? I haven't inspected. Does he have? Does he have? Do you have? Does he have? But you know what the weird thing is for for um what's it called acupuncture? Do you want to? I think he's doing it for attention because he kind of like looks in the mirror and looks around like with a weird smile on his face. Is he a is he a straight man? Is he trying to attract uh, attention from from the men? Like what what's he doing? Is it purely for drying off? You need to ask him. You think I do? You absolutely do. You have no choice. I'm but afraid to, f- to talk to you him. You have to honestly. talk to him. You have to find out so what he, is the why this is happening. My best guess is he is like a late 40s, early 50s guy. Oh, he's a, he's who, he's an older guy. This is not like I, I'm thinking in my in my head. This is a guy in his 20s. Oh no, no one in their 20s would do this. How do you the, know he the, hasn't the, been doing the, it for 20 years? The weird people at the, in the gym locker room are usually on the older side. Usually the old men just walk around naked. They sit on the benches naked. I'm like, that's how you get coronavirus, dude. But this guy is probably, you get I would say, words, not best, ca- coronavirus. best case 45, you know, my best guess is 45 to like 55, somewhere in that range. All right. 
Weird smirk on his face as he's weird. blow drying his body dry. Yeah. Weird smirk like a like a, I like it too much smirk. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The- I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> you got to talk to him. You have to talk to him. Look, this is a guy that is. What do I say? You ask him, why? what is wrong with the towels? Why do you not? Is he wearing a towel around his waist while doing he's this? He's wearing a towel around his waist So the towel is actually catching this. the drips of the water that is being blown. Because the water just doesn't all evaporate, right? By the so it, It's getting pushed down as well. I always, when I arrive at the gym, it's he's always at the point where he's blow drying his upper body, his torso. So this guy's like a 4.35 a.m. gym guy. I don't, yeah, he's early. I don't know what, when... I don't know what he does for his lower body, if that's towel dry or if that's blow dry, mm. but I'm just not there to see you the lower body. I don't want to see day. the lower body. Maybe he does the lower body second. I mean, then stay longer. I don't know. You got to scout this better. I am not staying any longer than I have to look at this freak show. <laughs> you have to now. We have to know what happens. I want to know the entire story about this guy. I want to know why he's – maybe there's a reason why he's doing it. It's like a, a – you know – he gets uh, dermatitis yeah, like what or if he, what he if he a, tells a contact me rash. exactly what if he tells me that then i'm gonna feel bad well no then you'll have an answer okay thank you i appreciate that good luck and then i won't judge you by looking at you while you blow dry your body does he have a lot of loud body hair is it like is it like does he look like a like a no like a gorilla like not not much hair no no man i don't know this is i would not be able to, my curiosity would not be able to just let this happen without finding out something about it. I would have to I ask. think I think you would see the situation because also at that time in the morning like what like if the, why don't you just say you need a blow, a blow dryer like yo can I borrow your blow dryer I you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm afraid this guy's gonna be some code for like some weird sex club this guy's gonna drag me to well I mean then we'll have answers you know this is all about a sacrifice look the people are gonna want to know why this is going on too so at this point you'd now have to find out what's happening here this is what exactly why this segment this was born. We need to find out what's happening. If he listens to this podcast, that makes life easy. If he's a big Yankee fan and listens, guy, if you're listening to the show, just tell Andrew next time you see him why you're using the hair dra- the blower. You know, there could be a very good reason. I just want to know. You know? I mean, I I just don't get the the why people have to be so weird in situ- like uh, locker rooms are naturally like in a situation where it's a little uncomfortable. Everyone's changing in front of one another. Like keep your head down, do what you need Go to do. Go about your business. Get in, get out. Yeah. Mind your own business. Don't be weird. Right. Don't be the weird guy. Right. Maybe he doesn't think he's the weird guy. How could he not? Cause maybe he thinks, did this you is see that clip? Maybe he's been doing this for, for years. Maybe he's just like, maybe he's the hairdresser blower guy that's been doing it for years. And you're the weird guy by Who do you think- looking cross-eyed at him. Who do you think the weird guy is in the Yankees clubhouse? Because uh, did you see that clip yesterday of Noah Syndergaard throwing? Um, I think he was just like throwing in like a backfield. All he was wearing was boxer briefs. Yeah, that's it. I, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw one. That was a while ago. I saw one of him doing that a while ago. Maybe there's a new one that surfaced. That tells me that Noah Syndergaard is the weird, uncomfortable, naked guy in the Mets clubhouse where he gets out of the shower or he just gets out naked and just walks around. He gets out naked. He gets out naked. And instead of drying off and then putting clothes on, he walks around naked for 25 minutes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He's fully comfortable. Right. Who's the weird guy in the Yankees clubhouse? Who's just way too naked, far too long. Stanton. (laughs) Easy. I mean, he does. So it's a guy with like a big, like a good physique. He's like a, he's, he's proud to I show mean, it He off. was in the, in the body issue of ESPN. He clearly 
likes the way he looks. He likes to show it off. So he's he's he probably also got some really weird particulars. I bet A Rod was also that guy. But oh, A Rod definitely. I could see A Rod being the guy drying off with hair hair dryer. He probably knows exactly you think why. Stanton, maybe Stanton needs to implement the hair dryer thing, loosen up the muscles, get some heat on there, loosen up the muscles. Possibly. That's that could be a, a nice little solution. Maybe some some heat intensive exercises. But look, A Rod was definitely the guy that did this. There's no doubt about it. A-Rod also shaved his entire body in front of everybody with no towel on. Well, Roger Clemens used to have his uh, trainer, well, I forget his name, who injected him with steroids all the time. Uh, Mick, he, Brian Mick. Mick something. Mick, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to ru- he used to lather uh, Roger up with uh, Icy Hot. Yes. And, and and Clemens would just scream <laughs> before he would just get lathered up in icy hot so, and scream so. at the top of his lungs until he was like pop blood vessels. And then he would put his uniform on and go out to the mound. That's why That's awesome. he threw a bat at Mike Piazza. That is so great. <laughs> so I think this guy, if he was screaming while he's blow drying himself, <laughs> say, ah, and, but he has to get dry in that way. But it, it, just hurts <laughs> and he's screaming as he's doing it i would love that too there's a well, lot of things I, would lo- I really need to know about this guy and I, you gotta ask now you have to weird freaky guy at the gym is just a weird freaky guy at my local new york sports club he's not roger clemens one of the greatest starting pitchers in baseball history he, he, if you're roger clemens you can icy hot your entire body and scream at the top of your lungs if you're weird freaky guy in the gym put some clothes on after you dry off with the towel, be normal. How do you know this guy's not a world-class poet? How that do does you, not. How, I mean, he's, could, he could he be, could be world-class he, at certain things. What if he plays the trumpet like the like like Babe Ruth played baseball? How do you know? How do you know? What if you he, know? You, what if I don't know. What if he's ex- because no one knows a freaking trumpet player because no one cares about a trumpet. Oh yeah, player, no one knows. Which means player. you cannot dry Nobody off with blow dryers. This is the last. Look, how do you know that this guy? Maybe he's like a permanent fill-in. On jury duty for people. He makes fake IDs and goes in and does that. There's a number of things. You got to look. Just get some intel on this guy. We need some more intel. I'm too afraid to talk to him. I expect a report next time. Okay. That's it. Any, any, anything else you want to discuss? This is our last episode before we go to spring training. Yep. A uh, couple th- heads up things. So check out all the social media. We're going to be doing a ton of um, content. Follow the Instagram stories on Bronx Pinstripes. There's going to be a special video on the house that we're doing, sort of like a crib-style video sponsored by Sailor Jerry. That'll be coming out. We're gonna, JJ's doing a stadium eats for, uh, for Blue Point. I think he's going to be tasting the pinstripe Pilsner, letting the people know how that is. Um, we're going to have a crossover episode between uh, Bronx Pinstripe Show and George's Box. So JJ and Nick have been uh, going four or five episodes at this point. They've been... Uh, crushing it we're gonna do a, a good, four good connection a four there, host guys. good good nice yeah. little rapport there uh four of us talking uh while we're in spring training that episode will be a standalone episode coming out um haven't said when that's coming out it'll be out probably while we're at spring training so keep an eye out for that um i think that's just it. in the general party just, like i said gonna be a lot of the after party yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm i cannot wait for uh for the weekend. And then so obviously like we've been planned it for a long time and it's actually almost the here. culmination will be at the uh, March 14th game at the uh, at the Big Stein with, uh, you know, just shy of 200 people up in the bullpen club. Very excited for that. 187 people up there uh, getting tickets. BP crew 
Can't wait to see everybody. It's going to be a blast. See you, everybody in Tampa. Not, see everybody in Tampa. Let's go. <laughs> You're like, no. Nah, yeah, yeah, it is Tampa. <laughs> Catch you guys next Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.